Blog Talk Radio. Just for that one night, if nothing else. 
know. Yeah, I mean, there'll be certainly be a lot of curiosity about what they do, and they should be able to get some pretty interesting indie names for that show. So yeah, as a one-time thing, it could be really interesting. As an ongoing thing, eh, but I mean, we'll who's going to put up the who's going to put up the money for that? I'm curious. Are they still a Sinclair thing, or what's the deal? Well, yeah. I mean, they're a Sinclair thing, but how much backing is Sinclair going to give them? I mean, since they've run through a bunch of money in the last year and a half with little, you know, with no basically nothing coming in, um, how much resources Sinclair are going to put in for this show? And I mean, of course, they'll be freed of the contracts. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious what uh what Jimmy is going to have to say about Ring of Honor. You know, I too. assume he's kind of he I I'm he has a very unique perspective on uh Ring of Honor. He did a lot of his best stuff. Um and I I'm, I'm curious what he has to say. You know, I'm really telling you and the audience this so I can remember to bring it up too. It's like FIP is kind of going through a resurgence here in Florida. You know, oh, really? They have this great venue in Clearwater, and it's been going incredibly well. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I would, you know, Jimmy Rave, he knows so much about so much going on, and he's been a part of so many different things. I want to hear about what he has to say about Combat Zone, down to, you know, XPW trying to come back. What does he think about Rob Black? And uh, here's a question for you, Larry. How has Rob Black not been completely blacklisted in wrestling? It kind of baffles me. Well, yeah. You know? I, I wouldn't think I mean, there'd be a he, place for him. He was but at the, apparently he was at that, H, that H2O Deathmatch show, like glad-handing and taking pictures of people and all that kind of stuff. Wow. I guess that falls under the heading of never say never, huh? And they're doing that relaunch, right, of XPW. I, I know nothing of this. This is the first I've heard oh, of it. Oh, Larry, XPW yes. X, XPW, they're having a, a show called Rebirth. And there's a number of people on that show, like G-Raver, but then also like Brian Cage is on that show. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Oh, yes. And, and it's um, going to be on uh, Fight TV, I see. Oh, boy. I mean... I mean, I guess maybe people just – if is it a time thing? Has enough time gone by that people just sort of – whatever? Did they did they take something different out of that XPW documentary than I took? Because I was like, so pretty much uh, we're pretty sure he's the one who cut off Messiah's thumbs, but nothing was ever proven. <laughs> so, I mean, I wow. I see you, Sunday at 6 p.m. This Sunday? This Sunday, XPW Rebirth, 6 p.m., available for 19.99 on Fight TV. Larry, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to regret it instantly, but I'm, I need to say it out loud. I will do something about that show, either at the minimum a separate video about it, but at most a review. Okay. Because I just I just find it such a weird like cultural pro wrestling milestone of a sort, you know. 
Um, well, so I'm going to be, I mean, I'm not going to see it live because I'll be at pro wrestling action, you know, but. Well, in, of all places, they're running it from the Rochester Armory in Rochester, New York. Mm, tell me about that. That's what I, that's all I know. Well, if it's in I, New York, doesn't that mean they can't do blood and they can't do deathmatchy stuff? Isn't the New York Commission a little tough? Yeah, I, I don't. Mean, that was I the don't, big thing know. about yeah, yeah. Because you know when GCW announced they're going to do the Hammerstein Ballroom, oh, at yeah. first everyone was excited, like that's great, and then they realized like, well, but you can't do blood. So, well, I mean, well, adds to the intrigue. I guess it does. I mean, GCW will be fine because they've got stuff going on in the tank. What is an XPW reunion show with a G raver of all people? And they're not going to have blood? Huh. Um, I'm curious. Did, did, did you have that poster in front of you, Larry? Um, I'm just looking thing? at. Yeah, I'm just looking at what they've got up on fight. And I do see Cage oh, okay. on there. Yeah, Cage is on there. I w- I was curious if uh, Sage Finn Supreme was on the card. That's Supreme's daughter, who I got to see uh, on that ICW show, and she was great. She was so great. All I can tell you is there's no women showing on this poster at all. This this particular thing <sighs> they've got up does not have any women featured. An XPW show with Bob Black running it with no women? Boy, you want to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> and no death match and no blood. Now this They're requires to do further something research. to impress. Yes. <laughs> uh, sure, did you sure. hear this weird story today of oh, both boy. Mance Warner and Danhausen breaking their legs on the same independent show? Yes. Yeah, I know that Danhausen was in the in the hospital. Mance Warner also. With the same oh broken bones, tibula and fibula, in the, in the in the leg on the same show, is that not bizarre? Oh, that is bizarre. Hmm. Ah, that that's really bad for Dan Housen. I assume he's yeah. somebody who would have gotten the interest from any number of people. Yeah. Well, and is he even under contract with Ring of Honor, or is he a? By night guy, because he—I mean—he did—he does other stuff. Right. I don't know the answer to that question, whatever. So. Yeah, but and, and Warner just got—you know—what did Warner just get? Just get free of his MLW contract. Oh boy. Yeah, bad timing for him too. It's a hard luck thing for sure. Oh, man, did you see the numbers for that MLW show that was on Vice? Uh, How poor were they? 79,000 people watched. Uh That's bad. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, yeah, disheartening, right? But again, yeah. if you're not a regular presence, you just can't expect miracles. I think that's one of the things that hurt Ring of Honor, which is like, I mean, you know, somebody online was sort of snapping at me about what I said about Ring of Honor, and I'm like, 
I'm like, um, yeah, I'm like, do you watch the Ring of Honor television show? And they went, well, I don't know when it is. And I go like, that sounds like a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? No, I, you're not I, the I mix. You're not in the mix. I haven't watched any um, the Ring of Honor since I went to that last center stage taping, which would have been, what would that have been right before the pandemic, I believe. Yeah. When when they came into center stage and were not able to fill it up. Um, yeah, that was the last. It was a big, yeah, it was as we discussed. It was a good show. They had good wrestling, but it didn't do anything to draw me in to want to watch more. I saw some good matches. Okay, fine. But there's nothing about the stories or anything that's happening that makes me want to watch, see more of it. Oh, by the way, before we get to uh, Mr. Rave, did we already have the discussion about uh, Ricardo Ordaz as as promoter of the year? We've been off here so long I can't remember. We, We did not talk about that on the tipping point, no. Okay, so... They've run three shows this year. Excuse me, three major shows this year. Yeah. And in one show, by the way I figure it, in one show they gross as much as um, Southern Honor does for the whole. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine they gross as much as any almost any two promotions combined, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just picking Southern Honor because they probably gross more than anybody else over the course of right. the year. Right, that's definitely true. Yeah, and they do it in one yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, once the discussions start heating up, I it's going to be hard to dissuade me from um, Ricardo being promoter of the year. Now, do I think it's between he and Gary Lamb? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an idiot, but um, I mean, boy, it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, and again, it really depends on because it's the boys that vote for this thing, you know. Right. I, I I feel like a lot of a lot of arguments are gonna. I think every category. I'll say this. I think every category is going to be competitive. Every single one. And to me, that's incredibly fascinating. You know, I think even ring announcer of the year is going to be competitive because somebody brought it up. I think it was Caleb Kitchens. And, I, you know, when he said, I think Young Professor should be young in professor. the discussion for announcer He's, of the year. He, and young Professor is an excellent ring announcer. There's no two ways about it. I think that's correct. Yeah, I think that, that is, that's a viable argument. It's, you know, and Diana Michelle and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And. Man. The only one that still seems a stretch to to be competitive is manager. I I, I yeah. don't know who that who who would be there with Hankins um, to to make it really competitive. No, but we should no, see. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah, Hankins. Oof, he's a, I, you know, and I love Hankins. <laughs> I just it's just hard to imagine anybody even in a close second. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe that one. But, you know, certainly wrestler of the year, technical wrestler of the year. I think there's a lot of people who are going to get votes as well as they should. Even female no. personality, I think, is one of those things that has opened up a little bit. So, well, I think with, is, I think Tahaka you, he has to be in that conversation now with what, mm-hmm. with what she's doing. So, 
Um, yeah. Hey, we've got uh, – I see Mr. Rave in the green room here. Excellent. Let's bring him on. We are so pleased to have Jimmy Rave as our guest tonight on The Tipping Point. Hey, Jimmy, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thank you man. for doing it. You know, I, I had Jimmy, before, um, I had a friend of mine um, who was a friend since childhood who I hadn't talked to in a long time, and recently we've become reconnected. So he's sort of fascinated by the wrestling thing. And uh, mm-hmm. so he's like, what time's that podcast tonight? Sounds really interesting. And then he goes like, who's Jimmy Rave? And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, He's the guy that kept winning Booker of the Year when I was trying to win it. And he started <laughs> laughing. And he goes, did he do anything else? I'm like, oh, he did stuff that was way bigger than that. But that's the thing that I'll always remember. Jimmy was winning it yeah. when I wanted to win it. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Doing, doing good. all right. Doing all right. Larry, do you want to? You got a question for Mr. Rabe to start us? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you you know, to say the least, you've been through a whole, whole lot in 2021. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of, I'm just got to ask, how, you know, where, where are you at mentally? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, like when I was in the hospital, I had a good cry about everything, but, uh, yeah, like right now, the things are, you know, coming up pretty fast. Um, lots of, like, different opportunities and different um, things. And so I'm just trying to, um, you know, filter everything out right now. But I mean, like, day-to-day, it's, like, it's, it's difficult for sure, um, day-to-day. What um, and I, you know, I, obviously I saw online, you, you know, the, the 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 medical bills have to be astronomical. That's got to be uh, weighing on you. And I saw the, you know, that that you've, you've reached out to people for for help on that. Is is that happening? Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's been super generous, and um, um, things are moving forward. Uh, you know, like I said, like there's a lot of opportunities for. Um, you know, people wanting to lend support, not not monetarily, but other ways, and uh, and like that's been super helpful. So like that bill that you know that I posted uh, mm-hmm. was just my the bill that I had for being in physical rehab after the surgery to learn how to you know deal with you know being a triple amputee and everything. Um, and I think I was in there for ooh, about three weeks. So like that doesn't that bill doesn't include my arm, that that doesn't include the surgery of my legs, and I have to go back to that same place uh, when my prosthetics come in for my legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to go back there for another two to three weeks to learn how to use those. It's just. Um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, the bills are huge for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, when I saw that, I knew that could only had to be a, a fraction of what, you know, what has to be coming your way. Um, wow. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, I have, a, I have a question in a slightly different tack. So when you think about pro wrestling right now, do you, do, you, do you not think about it at all? Does it cross your mind? Like, you know, with all this stuff happening at Ring of Honor and stuff, do you, do you think about that stuff? Do you talk about that stuff? Or right now is wrestling something that you really don't really think about or have anything to do with? No, like, actually, like, I'm overly involved in wrestling right now. Like, um, Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's so much to watch wrestling wise, and okay. <laughs> for real, and that's how I spend a, you know, like um, a good portion of my day. But like, you know, um, you know, I still am involved in, you know, mentoring and training folks. Um, uh, like one of my students just debuted on um, NXT. His name is Trick Williams. Oh yeah, yep. So he's like one yeah. of my students. Um, I had a hand in training Layla Hirsch, who's on uh, AEW. Um, you know, so like, um, you know, I still have a lot of people just hitting me up. Like, and you know, I have um, one of my students. His name is Jordan Oliver. He's doing really well in the. In the oh yeah, right man. And. Uh, yeah, um, you know, and, like, he's just one of, like, the three kids that we train that uh, are run down and broke, and they, they're they awesome. And so, like, you know, I'm – and then, like, they give – you know, like, uh, there's a, a guy that's working for GCW right now, Ninja Mac. Do you guys know him? Say the name one more time. Ninja Mac. Oh, Ninja Mac. Yeah, yeah, I know Ninja yeah. Mac. He like you know he's like not somebody that you would you know tend to think is like a, a you know like wrestles like Jimmy Rave you know what I mean like but he reaches out and asks for help you know what I mean so like um, yeah yeah I I I mean ideally like you know like it's my my students made the GoFundMe for you know, my arm and everything, um, because, like, uh, I just, you know, like, talking about this with, like, therapists and stuff, you know, like, this is a um, really difficult thing to even, like, accept help from somebody being a male, and, you know, I've, you know, worked a regular job since I was very young, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't want to have to be on disability or anything like that. And uh, so, you know, like I would have, I would love to land a job in, in pro wrestling somewhere, like just helping out, you know? Yeah. Are are you still officially involved with uh, CCW? Um, Not officially. Like, uh, you know, like I don't go to the, like, you know, this it's not been healthy the way that I've um, dealt with this. You know, like, I, you know, until I had the amputations done in June, and, like, nobody mm-hmm. besides, like, a few of my 
very close circle and knew until I put the post out, you know. And so I've been very isolated and not talking to anybody. Uh, and so, you know, and that, you know, like, I hate, I hate that for my, my students. Um, you know, like I just had one that, uh, was invited to the Vegas tryout and he did very well, but like, you know, like I, I want to be there for them, but, um, it's hard, you know, and then plus, you know, it's difficult, um, you know, landscape right now, like, you know, like we're, we were trying to do, um, focused on developing talent in CZW before the pandemic. And then yeah. after the pandemic, it's just been super difficult. Sure. You know, are you, you're, are you aware of all the like crazy stuff with ring of honor right now? All that stuff about how they, you know, they're just going to let the contracts play out at the end of the year and, they're only going to do one show in December and then another one in April once they reimagine how they're going to do Ring of Honor. Have you heard about all that stuff? Yeah, that's so sad. What, um, it is. But, I mean, as a guy who really has, uh, you know, you, you've had your finger in just about every pie in wrestling. Like, what is your take on the Ring of Honor thing? Do, I mean, and again, you know, nothing's official, right? Do, do you think it's done? Do you think they really can put their heads together and sort of reimagine what Ring of Honor can be and keep going? What's your what's yeah. your gut instinct tell you based on the guys that you know that are there and all that stuff? Yeah, so I've wrestled in every era of Ring of Honor. You know, the Gabe's, Paul Scarra, the Adam Pierce. Yeah. You know, the HDNet era, and then even, you know, um, you know the, the era with Joe Koff. And so <clears throat> I can tell you that, like, uh, my communications with them when I was there was not very well. Like, um, the players there yeah. when, uh, did not communicate with me very well. And, I, <laughs> you know, like, the, you know, Living in Philadelphia, there's a lot of Ring of Honor guys that I am in contact with, you know. Uh, I've not heard the greatest things, you know, um, from the office. Uh, yeah. So, I like, that That was what was scaring me was, you know, if they can't play nice in the wrestling office, then, uh, you know, the bigger company might – not have they might not have time for that you know what i mean like right absolutely uh, and you know and it's not worth their time and effort and like that's that's my fear is you you know like uh when carrie silken was there you know he loves pro wrestling and like he was gonna you know make that thing survive no matter what and right. you know, the current company does not necessarily have that passion for wrestling you know it might be a nuisance to them right I, absolutely jimmy i was listening to um jim Cornette's take on it and he he was talking about the um you know the hd net era that they I, to, to put it mildly he didn't have anything good to say about the office 
people at Ring of Honor at that point. He felt I, essentially oh. he felt they were incompetent and did not do what could have been done to really get things rolling during that era. Um, so they kind of blew an opportunity there. You would agree? I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, the, you know, like, uh, I felt like, I felt like there was a lot of money being wasted on, um, some, some talent that was there for sure. Like I, you know, like I, when I was there, we had, uh, they were doing all those Ric Flair signings and he no-showed like three of them, you know, and they paid him up front, you know, uh, and I think it was like 30 grand he got away with. And, they, you know, they had a legal thing with it. And, like, I just, you know, it felt like, uh, you know, and just just uh, talent-wise, it felt like um, I was not in the club of guys that um, were making decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, in and... and and I and I've said this in other interviews. Like, once money gets involved in TV time and stuff like that, like people uh, act differently. You know, like it's it, it sucks, but that's what happens. And you know, like I, you know, I saw friends that I knew from the Gabe Sapolsky era, like really change and uh, how they dealt, you know, with each other backstage, and then you know, how they dealt with the office. It, um, it was interesting. What's your um, take on the um, wrestling landscape as a whole as you look around at things in 2021? What are your thoughts on it? Um, well, I'm, I mean, like, before this Ramon thing happened, um, you know, like, it was very, very good, man. Like, it's very awesome to be a pro wrestling fan right now like there's just so much good stuff you know like uh steve i see you and and jeff putting over the you know the death match stuff i'm a huge fan of that um yeah you know, uh and and all those guys live around here i'm 30 minutes from tremont's place you know um I, you know like those guys uh are really changing how man I remember back when Nick Gage had that big thing and had to be airlifted out and uh and and Bill Barons and I were arguing about deathmatch wrestling. He was like, you know, somebody's actually gonna die and it's gonna like kill pro wrestling and you know, um and but like I you know, I had been work, working for C Z W for years at that point and you know, I just saw, you know, how passionate about their stuff that they were. Um, yeah. You know, it's, and, you know, and just um, the the greatest thing I, you know, I, I think about in wrestling is it's, again, a time where surprises can happen. Um you know, like you don't know who's gonna show up where really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um and so, you know, like 
you know, if WWE wanted to do it, they can bring somebody in one time to pop something, you know what I mean? And, like, you don't have to, it doesn't have to get leaked, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's just, you know, wrestling can be fun, you know, uh, you know, like, I just, it, it, it's a it's a fun fun thing, you know what I mean? You guys have the same outlook. That's a that's a great question. I mean, uh, answering for me, um, you, what's crazy is because I put out so much fucking wrestling content, right? Talking about wrestling, I review every freaking national show and even the AEW YouTube stuff and all this stuff, and. And people go like, man, you seem really down about wrestling. But the opposite is true. I'm so optimistic. And I, I, I mean, I'm, I know you go through this, Jimmy. Like, could you imagine when we were actually wrestling, <laughs> like, it being yeah. like it is now? We're literally, you, you can fucking get a job during COVID. Like, more Georgia indie guys got gigs with AEW who were right. overpaying the enhancement talent out of kindness or whatever reason they were doing it. Like uh, my mind was blown. <laughs> I was, I, it reminded me of something that you texted me um, uh, maybe a couple of years ago where you just said like, I wish you were still in Georgia so we could make magic. And I thought about that a lot today, you know, in preparation for the interview. And I thought, fuck, this is such a great time in wrestling. But, but you know, there's, there's one asset that very few people have that I feel like, Jimmy, you have in abundance. And that is a real mind for this shit. I think there's a lot of yeah. wrestling people, but the number of guys who really get it um, are very few, or, or they, they already think they know everything. But I feel yeah. like you're in that good space of student of the game, yet a guy who actually has a viewpoint and a vision. I talk about that all the time. And, I mean, I just imagine that you will work in wrestling as long as you care to, and that there'll yeah. always be somebody who recognizes it. And I think that that's really, really great. Obviously, like, you know, um, the things that have happened to you over the last couple of years, of course, that's that's tough and it's heartbreaking. But but the one thing that you'll always have is your mind for this shit. And I mean, it's such a great time. Like it's okay to be a wrestling person again. That's the part that's <laughs> the craziest to me. Like WWE is what they are, but between NWA and freaking Impact Wrestling and AEW, and then five billion indies that all seem to be doing pretty much okay. Um, it's almost, it hasn't been this good to be a wrestling person in, I mean, years and years. So I, I, I would certainly agree. I mean, I, when the pandemic hit, I thought, well, maybe this is it for me in wrestling, because this, this stuff with no crowds, I can't take. But I would say over the last year, you know, I've, I've, I'm watching more wrestling than I have in years and enjoying it more. Uh, yeah. Personally, I enjoy watching the AEW show as a fan like I haven't enjoyed a show as a fan in a long, long time. 
So it's taken Passion. a really, in, really interesting turn. Yeah, I I totally agree. And you know, like Steve, like what you were talking about, um, you know, some people can be like great pro wrestlers, but don't have mind for wrestling. You know, like that. Yeah, I, I've noticed that so much. Um, you know, just coaching people. You know, like some people can totally get every drill that I do, but to not understand what like a hope spot is or something, you know. Um, well, or, like your your boy Jordan Oliver is a great example. So I saw mm. him at a um, at a, a No Peace Underground show. No Peace Underground is one of those shows that I just fucking adore here in Florida, right? It's deathmatch, no ring, whatever. And he came in for, like, their Halloween-ish show. Or, or I don't remember. It was some kind of special show for No Peace. And his role, like, he would come out and he just goes, it's my birthday, so I'm running this show tonight. And the crowd didn't know what to make of it. And he kept avoiding deathmatch stuff. He wouldn't engage in the deathmatch part of it, and he was getting heel heat. And I'm like, this guy is so smart. He's getting heel heat and not doing any deathmatch stuff on the ultimate deathmatch show. And I thought to myself, that's the Jimmy Rave influence. Like, he's getting how to work this crowd, which is not your typical crowd at all, but he's still figuring out a way to get heat in a show where you would think you can't get heat. But he's doing it. And, uh, I mean, i got to believe there's always going to be a place for the guys that are able to teach this stuff and to pass on knowledge and to give unique wrestling kind of viewpoints like you. I just feel like there's always going to be that place. And uh, maybe that's too optimistic, but I don't think so. I think we're seeing things play out in that direction for sure. Um, I just did a uh, talk to Jericho yesterday, and he he was saying the same thing that, like, uh, you know, like, um, with my wrestling mind, I can, you know, um, always use that. And I, <clears throat> I just, you know, right now I'm not trying to rush into anything. Uh, you know, it's I'm taking it day by day right now. And, uh, but, you know, when I, when that time comes, I'm, I'm definitely going to be, uh, you know, proactive and trying to pursue that, you know, like, uh, you, it, but, it, you know, like that comes back to a pride thing. Like, you know, I, I just don't want to like sit around and be on disability all my life. You know, I'm, I'm 38 right now. I need to be doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, you have so much to offer. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I know you did the... um, Go ahead. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Who are some, like, of the top guys, like, under 25 in Georgia right now? I'm going to let Larry answer first. (laughs) Well, you know, I want to say Carly Bravo, but I don't think Carly Bravo's under 25. He's, okay. he's really been coming on strong, but he's older than that. He just hasn't been wrestling that long because he did military. 
be right. thinking the under 25 group. I would say CT Keys, if he's under 25, would be one. Yeah. Okay. Danny Jordan is under 25, and she's somebody who I always thought, I'll just be blunt, I thought she was overrated. I think she I thought she was like the motorcycle in a moped gang where it's like she's the only girl who's actively doing stuff, so she sort of gets a lot of praise heaped on her. But in the last year, I think those AEW shots combined with sort of embracing like a certain status and being put in actual angles instead of just these one-off girl matches kind of thing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that she's really risen to that occasion. Where And her in-ring has gotten to be fantastic. Whereas it, and, you know, I think she started taking herself seriously. You know, she had a self-admitted problem with alcohol and all the rest of it, and I think kind of conquering that stuff. I mean, you can relate, Jimmy. Like, yeah. You know, when you when you overcome some shit that's real, I think it, it lends itself towards wrestling in the sense that, mm. you know, it's, it's why I've always hated a young manager because I always thought, like, what the hell are you supposed to offer anybody? You haven't even lived your life yet, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, um, yeah, Danny Jordan is one that I particularly think. And then I go, like, how old is she? And she's, like, 23. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Wow. You know? See, I thought she was yeah. older. So, and, you, and, you know, and, you know, we had two of the best under 25 have already been picked off, Griff Garrison and Ben Buchanan. Right, they're, they're already they're already gone out of here. And then you look at people like Priscilla Kelly, you know, who's you know now she's winning tag titles at NXT and all this kind of great stuff. After being told that, oh, you know, you did this, you know, you did some tampon spot at a bar show, and no one's ever going to sign you. I mean, like, yeah. and now there she is. So um, I think that crew's good. I think. You know, I don't know how old they are exactly, but if you look at a lot of the people that sort of hover around, oh, like Hold My Beer Hansen is a guy who's definitely under 25. And I think, you know, his upside is really, really great. He's good at all the other stuff. He just needs to get the in-ring stuff down. But he's got that it thing, and he's willing to do promos and all that kind of stuff. So. Hey, Jimmy, let me turn the table on you on that. How about from your neck of the woods, beyond the guys that are not, you know, that you're not mentoring, who in the really young crop of guys, who do you really like? Um, I really like uh, Marcus Mathers. Um, Mm. uh, I tell you what, um, H2O produces so many good students, you know, like I, I love you know Marcus Mathers, Austin Luke, um, uh, Reed Walker. Like all all those kids from uh, his school are so so good. And they're like really respectful, um, you know, and, and they get the best of both worlds. I meant like I've taught classes there. Um, Homicide lives up here by me. He's taught classes there. You know they get you know, top notch guys um in and out of there all the time. So that's super helpful. Um yeah. you know, then um you know, like I was I was helping guys like Casey Navarro who's a young talent. Um he, he's in MLW right now. 
and he did some stuff for AEW. He's, he's a he's a good kid. Um, there's um, it, you know, where I live, I within 35 minutes there's Chakara. You know, they still have a school here. Um, uh, well, it's not Chakara; it's the Wrestle Factory. Uh, but um, Cheeseburger School is 15 minutes away. Um, H2O, 30 minutes away. The Monster Factory, 30 minutes away. You know, there's so much um, wrestling schools here um, that, you know, that there's always talent coming out. So, actually, where are you, where are you based out of now? I'm in Philadelphia. You're in Philly. Okay, cool. It it is amazing, right? Because I mean, I, I don't even want to talk about how much wrestling experience we have between the three of us because it'll make me sick to my stomach. But like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it is it is amazing that it has remained like a northeast and a southern thing. Like that's still where the strongholds are. That's still where the things that matter seem to happen is in the Northeast and the South. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's, I mean, because as a guy who was once based in Colorado, where there was, even even when wrestling was red, red hot, there just wasn't much of a scene um, in that part of the country. But, yeah, right. Like, it really is about the South, and it really is about, the, the you know, the Northeast. It's Like you said, I mean, you've got – how many schools and promotions within a stone's throw of where you are. And I mean, now that I'm in Florida, my God, right. Like, (laughs) you know, but you know, like Indiana has a good um, thing. Chicago has a good thing. Uh, You know, Ohio has a good thing. You know, um, I like, you know, I really think uh, Ricky Shane page and what those guys have done um, over the last oh my god year, uh, has been amazing, you know. Um, so, hey, just, Jimmy, uh, how how about the explosion of uh, interest in in women's wrestling in the quality of women's wrestling? Mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts on on the women's scene? Yeah, so like I was fortunate enough to work for um, like I was uh, producing and booking for a company called Empower, and we were, this is a strictly women's promotion. And, uh, you know, um, you know, my fiance is a, a pro wrestler. And so, um, but, you know, like she started, you know, in 2001. And, you know, like she was like, no, nobody would let women like, you know, wrestle, you know, like, even if you went to wrestling school, you were a manager before they let you wrestle, you know? And each, yeah. even when I was in Ring of Honor, it was that way. Look at, you know, Sarah Del Rey um, managed, uh, you know, in the Sweet and Sour group. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. I had Daisy Hayes in the embassy, you know, and, like, these girls, like, now, like, you know, like they just hired uh, um, Allison Danger, you know, as a trainer. Uh, right. So, so you know, like, um, 
you know, these girls were, I, I think they really got great because they were all, you know, they, there was such a small pool of them, you know, so they were right. all wrestling each other so much. Um, but, you know, right now there are so many good uh, women's wrestlers, so many good ones, um, you know, and, uh, like, for me, you know, like, um, I was not a fan of women's wrestling for a long, long time. Um, and, uh, but, like, I am the biggest advocate for it um, now. You know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it, and the the women, um, you know, really uh, can out wrestle a lot of the guys on shows. I, I, you know, I think the big, the biggest, uh, uh, the worst thing in women's wrestling right now is them dealing with promoters. Yes, <laughs> for sure, right? You know, like you know. You know I, I don't think a lot of um, people like that do promotion of women's wrestling has their mind has mindset has changed, you know, or um, you know like you know they'll, they'll get offers to be the only women's match on a show, and you know and you know they want them to do certain you know, spots that are from the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. um, you know, like, you know, I think women's pro wrestling is amazing right now. Right. Uh, it's certainly never gotten this level of kind of attention. Like, the shows I go to here in Florida, just for perspective, like, that pro wrestling action show, which is probably the most traditional kind of wrestling show I go to, but they still have at least four women on every card. And they've had this like long running angle between, you know, Marina Tucker against, uh, you know, Shalance Royal that they've kept up every single show that they've done. And they're finally going to pay it off at this show. And it's not just the women getting booked as you know, Jimmy and Larry, it's, it's, how are you utilizing them? Are they just a novelty match on the card, or are they a genuine part of your promotion where they're getting an angle and they're getting, you know, this, that, and the other? And I think we're starting to see a lot of that, right? A lot of, you know, AEW where Britt Baker is a needle mover. You know, she cuts a promo, and it's the second highest-rated segment on the show. And right. um, that's incredible stuff. And I, I feel bad in the sense that, like, TNA will never get the credit they deserve for really making that happen. I mean, the knockouts, awesome. when it's Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, like, all of them were really carrying portions of that show and were amongst the worst-paid um people there i don't think we'll ever see anything ever again you know where it's like you know gail kim is their champ and she's making 300 bucks in appearance i mean i don't think that's ever going to be acceptable again and that's good that's good that that'll never happen again yeah yeah i mean i i was there during that time and you know they yeah it was it was amazing um and you know i i do think that uh, what you're saying is true. Like, 
I see that in the Northeast a lot is um, the women aren't involved in, in angles, you know? Right. And, you know, I think that is where a pro wrestler really learns how to work instead of wrestle, you know? And, uh, and it's very much needed. Absolutely. Hey, I was thinking about that under 25 question, and let me throw a couple names at you, Jimmy, for <laughs> if you, yeah. for Georgia that just came to mind. And one of them is uh, AWE's uh, booking is Alex Kane. I suspect he Alex might still Kane? be under t- Alex Kane. And, of course, who's gotten he got uh, signed by MLW, actually. But then a couple other young guys, uh, Kevin Ryan and Jordan Kingsley. I'm sure they're under 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Kevin Ryan is somebody that's reached out I've never met him, and he uh, he reached out, and I help him with his stuff now. He's a uh, you know, I you know like I I like somebody with a good attitude to help out, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and he's he's a sponge for real. Jeff Bailey, who said to say hi to you, by the way, Jimmy. Um, he he and I were talking this morning. And Jeff never poses questions to me, or he does very rarely, but he actually posed a great question, um, which was, um, who's somebody who actually, you know, because we've all run into these people, right? Like wrestlers who were supposed to be these veterans and know everything, but they didn't know shit. (laughs) But Jeff, Jeff was like, who's somebody that actually surprised you by actually teaching you something who you weren't expecting it from? And so Hmm. I thought that's a really great question. So I told him about this wrestler whose name was Bobby Black, who was the first guy to teach me how to really protect myself in the ring. Um, and then my first real opponent who taught me that how to stand up to bookers and promoters in a proper way, but to, but to, but to protect your gimmick. Cause that's stuff that you would never learn in any training school. Right. And uh, so J- Jimmy, let me put that to you. Who's somebody that you learned from um, and that maybe surprised that surprised you that you were learning from them. Who's somebody who had a, like an influence on you early on. Yeah, um, I, you know, like, uh, there was a guy that I wrestled often, um, in Georgia. His name was Silky Boom Boom. Oh, God. Ooh. Wow. And, <laughs> yeah, baby. And, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, you know, like, I was fortunate enough to work with him early on, and he taught me really how to, like, be a baby face and uh and I was always you know so grateful for him for doing that there's a name I never thought I'd hear again silky boom boom <laughs> fantastic <laughs> oh silky boom boom yeah early NWA wild side wow <laughs> <laughs> So Jimmy, when, this is this is a completely unfair question. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you that right now. It's totally not fair. But seeing okay. as you've worked with just about everybody and anybody and every promotion that mattered and all the rest of it, if I had to, I won't make you list them one, two, three. But what are three three promotions in wrestling that you have 
incredibly like when you think about them now, you just have like they're the things that give you like kind of the warmest feeling or that where you felt like you either learned the most or you had the best time, um, et cetera. Three promotions that you've worked for. Uh, yeah, Ring of Honor. Mm. For sure. Uh that's number one. Um and then I would say um Rampage was number two. Mm. And then um Wow. Yeah, and then um AW would be number three, you know. Uh I would have loved to throw in Wild Side in there, but like you know, like I when I was at Wildside I was just getting it. You know what I mean? Like just getting to yeah. a, you know, like if like if I would have had the one that um like AJ or Paris or Cross or John Phoenix had at Wildside, like maybe it would have been different, you know? But mm-hmm. um but, you know, like Ring of Honor was the first place where I was able to make a living at wrestling. And uh, it had a lot of the qualities about Wildside that I liked. Like, I I used to love that when Wildside was at its, you know, when I thought it was at its peak, you couldn't get in the ring before the show because everybody was going over stuff, you know. Uh, and that's changed over years, you know. Um the Ring of Honor was the same way. You know, when we would get there, there would be everybody in the ring rolling around. And now, you you know, you don't see that. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, Ring of Honor was definitely number one. And then, and then Rampage, you know, like was a, you know, that was my baby for, you know, for three years. You know what I mean? And so, um, I just learned a lot about, you know, uh, what, what, what can still work. You know what I mean? Because like, I took a lot of chances, uh, booking wise. You know, like, put you know making, you know, the majority of the show a wrestling show or, you know, doing thirty five minute eight man tags. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so, um, yeah, I learned a lot doing that, and then, and then, uh, AWE just because, you know, uh, I kind of felt like, you know, that promotion was kind of put, uh, in my hands to help grow it, you know, yeah, as a mm-hmm. champion. So, so. I have fond memories of that, you know. Pretty freaking great, Larry. Do you have a last question? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to ask Jimmy the last question. So, do you have a last thing you want to ask him before I? Yeah. So, um, what do you see? What do you see ahead for Jimmy Rave? Um, I have no idea. It's just hard to think day to day. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like 
I have so much stuff to complain about, like, you know, having to try to wheel a wheelchair with one arm, you know, that's just super difficult, and, you know, getting in and out of bed, you know, all these difficult things, right? But um, so many people have reached out and said nice things and um, said the same things you guys said that I still have a great mind and, you know, like, like Priscilla Kelly will message me and say, you know, everybody at the PC was talking about how good your mind is or Jordan Oliver texted me this weekend and he was like, man, I was standing outside with the Briscoe brothers and Nick Gage and they all said to tell you hi and, you know, mm. like, and they were talking about how, you know, you did this angle and talked them this or, you know what I mean? So, um, so those things still make me feel good. And like, I don't think I'll ever stop being around wrestling. And I know that, you know, like once I get my prosthetic legs, you know, like, um, you know, I can have a pretty good life again. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm yeah. only 38. Um, so, uh, so, you know, they say, you know, the second half of your life is a whole, can be a whole new good thing, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Thanks for doing the show. Gotcha. Steve? Yeah. No worries. Uh, I just, mine isn't a question as much as just a statement. Uh, you know, a lot of people um, nowadays, I mean, I, it's it's always been this way in wrestling. I think wrestling can be very in some ways a very harsh, unforgiving business where, you know, everybody has it. Like I, I, I'm hoping this new generation of wrestlers, for example, doesn't have to be just cagey motherfuckers. Like I felt like we had to be in so many ways, you know, where it was more about like protecting your spot, getting a better spot, kissing the right ass, all that kind of, I mean, I'm just being real, right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's like that anymore. And I don't, I don't feel like the guys make nearly as many like bad life decisions as <laughs> me and my generation made in wrestling. Like they don't, they, you know, like, make fun of them. Like, Oh, they'd rather go back to their hotel room and play video games. Yeah. And you know what? That's probably better than, you know, I mean, I rode around with Jake Roberts and I saw that part of it where I was just like, so this is better than, you know, him fucking scoring crack is better than (laughs) somehow better than fucking Xavier Woods going back and playing video games in his fucking hotel room. Like, you know, so, but at the same time, like, my God, you know, when you pointed out that you had been there for every major era of Ring of Honor, mm. um, I, like, I guess what I'm saying is, as tough as things are, right, at the same time, in a weird way, it's great because you're getting to get your roses while you're still above the fucking ground, right? Like <laughs> people are people people are forced to be honest about you, which yeah. in wrestling and I mean I'll I'll cop to this too, right? Like, you know, I, it's only I'm only half joking when I said, 
you know, you're fucking winning the booking awards when I'm like, God damn it. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, that's, that's honestly how I felt. I felt like Charles Barkley in the Michael Jordan era where it's like, well, fuck, I'm never going to fucking win anything. So I'm fucking <laughs> Michael Jordan here. Right. And, um, and I mean, I really hope you feel this way. Um, and I know you've, you know, you've got a lot to deal with right now, but you got to know this shit ain't over. Like yeah. this wrestling thing is wide fucking open. And, you know, I've had to sort of carve out, carve out something for myself. Right. I'm, I'm trying to do something that nobody's really doing, but I'm, I mean, people always need a guy that's been there and done that, but is still young enough that you're not closed off to ideas. And I think those guys are yeah. even rarer in wrestling. You're, what did you, you're 38? Yep. Holy fuck, you're 10 years younger than me. First of all, fuck you. But then, like, also, like, I mean, 38 years old, but yet you saw, like, TNA – um, when it was TNA and it was pulling, you know, a good 1.4 mil on television. And you yeah. were there at Ring of Honor at the golden fucking era. I mean, the, the part that will, people will always look fondly upon. And yeah. at the same time, you're working with the newest of the new. Like Jordan Oliver yeah. is one of these guys who's like, modern breed, where a guy like Cornette would never understand a Jordan Oliver. But Jordan right. Oliver and guys like him are the future of this shit. And, right. and I mean, Jimmy, you're going to have your fucking place. And um, I don't know if you're ready for that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're ready for how much people are going to be once they really get, like, fuck, this guy is going to throw ideas at me that I'm not even ready for. Um it's going to be great. And, um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're really optimistic about the future. Um, because you should be, um, you know, I think I, there's, like I said, the guys that are smart, that are young enough to fucking understand the young guys, but have seen enough that they can really avoid a lot of the sort of pitfalls that young bookers get into. Um, right. They're, they're, they don't, they're, you can count them on two hands, I'll tell you that. And, I mean, I think I'm one and I think you're another. And so, um, just selfishly, <laughs> I want you to have more out of the wrestling business because that means maybe someday I'll get something, too. <laughs> so. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Um, thank you for letting me tell my story to like if you don't mind can I throw out the GoFundMe stuff please, please do it's um it's uh www.gofundme.com backslash f backslash Jimmy Rave um you know we uh you know I'll just be honest with you that you know like that that one medical bill like really scared me um you know I you know, I'm still not sure how much of the process, you know, like they, the insurance said no to a prosthetic arm, which I didn't understand why. And then, um, and then I don't know what is going to be covered on 
a leg. So, you know, I, and then, um, I don't know if any, you know, Larry, I'm sure you've had to help people with disability before, but it's, it's like, I still got the thing and I looked back on the website and it goes, we will get back to you in four to six months. And it's I was, brutal. How do people, yeah. How do people brutal. live? How do people yeah. live? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Uh, what, what what are you supposed to do in the meantime while they're while they're taking their sweet time about processing your claim? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, I went from like, you know, being a working dude, you know, having two jobs, uh, you know, like a real job in wrestling, and and then one day like my life changes, and you know, how do you survive? Uh, but you know, it's um, you know. I'm trying to be, um, you know, as positive about everything as I can. So um, thank you guys so much again for this. And uh, for anybody listening that's been ever supported me, thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Jimmy. All right. You guys have a good night. You You too. Take care. Well, Larry, I hope I hope I didn't embarrass Jimmy there at the end, but I just, you know, I just wanted him to know he is loved and he is respected. That is the number one thing I've gotten out of all of this and the response to him. You yeah, know? you're just speaking um, the truth there. I mean, yeah. And, so. uh God, I mean, I, I, I knew that I knew about his career, but boy, when he said that thing about having worked for Ring of Honor in all the major eras, that really struck it home with me, you know? You know, in getting ready for this, I went back and, and reviewed some things about his career, and it really struck me, mm. too. Like, wow, all the stuff. And he didn't, he didn't talk about Japan, but, I mean, he you know, he had some time in Japan, too, and it's just like, yeah. He 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 saw a lot and did a lot in pro wrestling. Went went to India, <laughs> did that India run for TNA. Oh my God, he did that. <laughs> yeah, he, the, he was he was he was a regular on that India thing. Forgot should should have asked him about that. Oh well, maybe we'll get another chance. Oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we yeah. will. Well, of course, a big huge thank you to Jimmy Rabe. We'll be sure to get that um, link up. To Jimmy's GoFundMe. I hope um, those of you listening enjoyed uh, listening to Jimmy Rave as much as we enjoyed having him on. Um, Larry, where are you this weekend? So it appears the plan will be for me to be at IWN Forsyth Ooh. Friday night to see the return of the uh, <laughs> Matt Cardone and Brian Myers, the, who are in deep south as the Majors brothers. Coming back to Middle Georgia, uh, and they're in for the weekend. You know, um, actually, Lariato is really pushing the Dublin show Saturday night, and that's the one where they say they've only got 40 ringside tickets left. So they're pushing that one harder than the joint show with IWN. But anyway, I'm going to go to IWN and probably then also to the Championship Wrestling from Atlanta taping Sunday. Rob Rod's going to be at Southern Honor and possibly also, if he's up for it, at Southern Fried Saturday night. Wow. Well, I'm going to be at Pro Wrestling Action on Sunday night, and uh, and then I'm going to um, find somehow, some way uh, to see that XPW show 
God help us all. <laughs> By the way, the XPW, just a little more info, they're doing a yes, please. tournament, an eight-man tournament to crown a new world champion. And they're very clear, this is not a reunion or nostalgia tour. This is a rebirth. And it is an expensive rebirth. General admission, 30 and 40, ringside, $100. Mm. Mm. And as long as we can keep it to one Rob Black promo, I'll be able to watch it. Well, have fun this weekend. Yes, and uh, you as well, Larry. And um, I got an idea, but I think I should talk to you about that off the air. Um, okay. In any case, for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Thanks again to Jimmy Rave. Um, catch yourself a show. There's a ton of good ones out there, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.